Yo, 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 what's good, what's good, everybody? Welcome back, welcome back to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Ooh, championship episode. Mm, championship, championships, championships. Ooh, okay, so, as you guys already know, probably, you know, this is a championship episode. We're going we're gonna to label this as the championship episode. Uh, I feel pretty good, as you can already tell. I feel pretty good about this episode, Obviously, the Warriors won game six of the NBA Finals, um, closing it out in six games. And I must say, um, great season to the Boston Celtics. Great season. At the start of the season, no, before I even get into the whole hoobah about the Warriors, uh, which is wellly deserved. But with the Celtics, nobody had them getting this far. But I got a good one for you guys today. I got a good one for you guys. I know a lot, a lot of people talk about legacy talk and so forth. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of those type of conversations going on and happening. But, 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 but first and foremost, uh, let's get into it. You guys know who, you know, I'm your humble, I'm your humble and highly favorite host, Isaiah Kid of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. I am back. I'm in full effect. I'm happy. I'm ready. Um, So let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's not waste too much time. Like I said. As you guys know, I appreciate everybody listening. Shout out to all the first-time listeners. Shout out to all the regular listeners. Let's get into it. But like as I was saying, shout out to the Boston Celtics. They had a tremendous season. I thought they were ultimately, I thought they were the best team that the Eastern Conference had to offer. Um, you could probably argue Milwaukee if Middleton is healthy. But ultimately, I don't think Boston was pretenders. Um, I just think Golden State, uh, their experience and just their championship medal, uh, and Steph Curry being Steph Curry. Steph Curry was the absolute best player on the floor. Um, but shouts out to Boston to get into the finals and have a tremendous season and having like a season where like started off slow, but then they bounced back in January. And from January up until this point, they were great. They were great. So let's not even do that to Boston. Now on the Golden State. Golden State won the championship. They're definitely a dynasty. Let's let, let, let let's just put that 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 talk away. They're a dynasty. Four championships in the last eight years. Six finals. Six finals appearances in the last eight years. Like I said, they won four championships, but a couple things didn't really go their way. You know, in terms of health and so forth over these past several years. Maybe they have more than four championships, but they have four championships. Steph Curry gets that elusive finals MVP that seemed like he needed validation from people in order to like, I I, I, didn't, I never understood the, the, you know, that whole, he doesn't have a finals. In, I never understood that conversation, but the Warriors, the Warriors and, and I, and me personally, I feel good about this. Because I predicted on well, my podcast, you can even go back two years ago. Two years ago, I came on my podcast. I came on this same exact podcast, and I said, "Hey, uh, I think this is this is when Steph had gotten hurt. Um, Clay obviously was already hurt, dealing with his injury that ha- that had happened in the finals. Um, Kevin Durant had left, obviously, and I was like, you know, the Warriors they weren't looking too good, and I was like." I still think this core is going to be fine. Smart front office, great, co- you know, smart, competent front office, good ownership, really great, really good coach. And then you still have your core pieces. And then you just rejuvenate, like you just fill in some of the gaps with some young pieces um, and different assets. But I, 
I thought they would be back at this point. Um, and then at the beginning of the season, I picked the Warriors to win the NBA championship. I ultimately thought, hey, you have a nice young core. I think Steph, not not he may not be in the he may not be like at the peak at his peak, but I still thought Steph was in his prime, still good enough to be a top five player on any given night. Clay Thompson's coming back. They were really good defensively. I picked them to win the championship back in October when the season when the season first started. The emergence of Jordan Poole. I thought with all of that, I picked them to win it all back in October, beginning of the season. And now here we are. And a lot of people weren't picking Golden State at the start of the season. A lot of people didn't think goes like people thought Golden State would be healthy. People thought Golden State would get back to the postseason and maybe have a deep play, you know, a deep playoff run, but not winning at all. Not a lot of people had them winning at all. I did. I did. And it's for the reasons why a couple episodes ago, if you remember, I talked about how the Rams have become the standard in terms of front office being able to draft players and sign your stars finding hidden gems I, over the past several years i have you know i talked about how the rams over the past several years have become the standard of the nfl and with the warriors even longer than the even longer than the rams in the nfl the warriors as a collective basketball organization have become the standard in the sport they have become the standard in the sport it, 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 they the way that their play style, the the seamless rhythm of their offense, they're great defensively. They have likable, their superstars are likable. Steph Curry, likable superstar. Like everything culminated with this whole Warriors franchise over the past, since this run has started. And we can eat, and like I said, I give credit to Mark Jackson for lighting this fire. And then Steve Kerr, Credit to him too. Steve Kerr took it, took it to another level, and now here we are, eight years later. They've won four championships in in in, in six finals appearances. That absolutely incredible, and I feel like they have so many like the Warriors in this eight years. They have different phases, um, but I think they have definitely become the standard of the sport in what new age 2022 basketball looks like i talked about it with their motion offense and how it's not your traditional motion offense well they are like the warriors they are what you want a basketball to look like a basketball team to look like in 2022 they have shooters on the perimeter they have versatility. They have versatility on the perimeter in terms of defense. They smart, championship medal, like they have all the intangibles, and then the star power, smart coach, Silicon Valley. Everything just clicks, and for me, me personally, Golden State was easy to root for. They were easy to root for. And I know a lot of people didn't really like that Golden State where, you know, there was some time, there was some years where people didn't like Golden State because of the, the Kevin Durant move. And they had built like this super team, this juggernaut. 
But I felt like this one, this championship, I, I, I mean, for them, they've even said it. Players, coaches have said it. This one feels sweeter because this one, this is the one where like a lot of people, a lot of people kind of Golden State out. A lot of people, you know, when Durant left, Clay got hurt. And that's where I thought I felt the Warriors were incredibly easy to root for. Steph, like I said, Steph, for some reason, needed, you know, not him himself, but so many people talked about how Steph didn't have a finals MVP and he needs the finals MVP to validate how great he is now that he finally has it. Now we're hearing he's a top two. Like he was like, wasn't he like, uh, that that a finals MVP is what propelled him to f- top 10 all time. Like we, we like we really needed Steph Curry to win a finals MVP in order to validate his legacy and to, va- and to validate how great he is. Like, come on. Steph is incredible. Steph is easy to root for. Clay Thompson with he's a he's such a, a funny and a likable professional athlete, but he dealt with two devastating injuries. Uh, obviously, Draymond, you know, people, a lot of people talking down on Draymond and the podcast, and it's, it's, it's taking away his focus. Andrew Wiggins, a lot of people kill Andrew Wiggins. I felt this, this, this group of Golden State, I felt was very easy to root for. Very easy to root for, and this run feels very, very organic. Not that I have anything around. I don't have nothing wrong. I don't. I don't have anything wrong with how the, the Lakers do it. You know, going out, getting free agents. I don't. Have, it's nothing wrong how the Yankees do it, paying top dollar, going out and getting free agents. But it's just something about. Being able to keep all of your guys in-house, keeping your stars in-house, developing your stars in-house, drafting your stars in-house, paying your stars in-house, and then winning it all. It, it, I don't and like I said, I have nothing against, you know, how the the the, the method and how the Lakers and how the Yankees do it with Paying the luxury tax and getting superstars, I have not. I, I I have nothing against that, but you're not gonna sit up here and tell me that the Warriors run with their core collective guys doesn't feel more organic. And as I said, they have admitted it. This 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 one, this championship run, feels it feels sweeter. This one is sweeter. Because there was, you know, Boston, Boston was great defensively. I thought Boston, and I, I still do, Boston had better two-way talent. Like, this one feels sweeter. A lot of people, I mean, a lot of people were saying Phoenix maybe. A lot of people really didn't have Golden State getting back to this stage. This one feels sweeter. With Kevin Durant, when Golden State had Kevin Durant, it was a full-blown conclusion. That they were going to win it all, like if they were healthy, if they remain, if they remain healthy, it was a full gone conclusion that they was going to win it all. You know, it was a, it was a full gone conclusion. With this one, it just it, it feels different. It, it it feels different. 
it feels different. And I'm happy for Golden State. I, I like I said, they I felt they were easy to root for. I felt like the past three years that they have had with losing in the finals, losing Kevin Durant, Clay going through, you know, devastating injuries. Steph, you know, had an injury and, you know, playing with younger guys, not, you know, not having the same amount of success as they had in years prior. Draymond, you know, his, his, him being questioned and his, you know, is he still in his prime? Like there was just so much, even Steve Kerr, a lot of people were, you know, were a little down on Steve Kerr because they like now, okay, you don't have this stack loaded deck. Let's see what you can really do as a coach. So from every which way, um, the Warriors organization, I felt, was tested. They were tested. Their 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 fortitude was definitely tested. Um, and they prevailed. They prevailed. They prevailed. You know, it's something about like buying, you know. It's cool to buy a mansion, right? Like everybody wants to mansion the nice house. But it's something about buying a house that needs a little work and it's definitely like a fixer upper and you 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 know, it, you put in the work and it turns out to be this nice property. It's something about that. Like everybody, yeah, it's cool to buy a mansion. A a a, a, a mansion, a house that's already just that already just looks nice, steady, state of the art, totally renovated. It, it's just something, but you you know, buying a mansion that's cool. But it's something about buying a house. Um, for all of my real estate people, right? It's something about buying a house that you know it needs a little work. It's definitely a fixer upper, but it, it you you put a lot of equity into it. You put a lot of and you put a lot into it. You 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 spend your time developing. And putting this blueprint together and it finally comes out and it turns out to be a pretty damn good property. It's just something about that. It's something about that fashion. Like I said, nothing against Lakers, nothing against how the Yankees do nothing, nothing, nothing against teams that go out and free agency, spend big money and, 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 uh, you know, you know, pay the luxury tax, nothing for nothing wrong with that. But, the way how Golden State has done it for most of the, like for most of now I know they went out and got Durant, but they drafted Klay Thompson, they drafted Steph Curry, they drafted Draymond Green. Like a lot of these guys, they drafted these. A lot of these guys are in-house guys. It's something about building from within, with in-house and developing and keeping your own and winning with your own. It's something to be said for that. And we get, like I said, you can argue whether or not it's a dynasty. I don't think there's much argument. Uh, I think it's definitely, this is definitely a dynasty. Uh, I don't think there's much argument whether or not this is a dynasty. I think this is definitely a dynasty. This is a, this, this is definitely a dynasty and Draymond, Clay, Steph, this is definitely one of the better trios, if not the best trio in basketball history. You looked at, you looked at the, you look at the collective success the individual success that all of them had, this is definitely one of, if not the best trios in basketball history, in NBA history. It's as simple as that. Um, I'm not going to, you know, Steph, I think 
definitely top 10 player of all time. I'm not going to do the whole legacy talk that everybody's been doing. Uh, I know a lot of people have, like, and this thing I don't want to do. I don't want to incorporate Kevin Durant in this. Like, because I see a lot of people, or will the Warriors win the championship? What does this mean for Kevin Durant? Uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. The Warriors won the championship. Steph Steph wins his fourth championship. Steph gets that elusive finals MVP. Like, let's keep it on the Warriors. I don't want to talk about Kevin Durant, who, you know, come on. Nah, I ain't going to do that. But the Warriors winning it all. This is how I saw it playing out. Uh, I picked Golden State in six games. Yeah, I I, I mean, I, I am... Like I said, I'm not gonna do like I'm not gonna do the whole legacy talk that everybody's been doing and so forth. Like I said, I think Steph is a top ten player of all time. Um, I know you know I know that can be a bit controversial or not not so much controversial, but like who you take out, who you're taking out. Um, and for me, I, my top ten I don't necessarily have in a particular order. But um, this is my top 10, uh, and it, like I said, no particular order, but it would probably be Jordan, this is this off the top of my head, Jordan, LeBron, Kareem, Magic, uh, um, Russell, Kobe, Bird, Steph, Shaq, Duncan. That, that's just off the top of my head. That's it, Like I said, no particular order, that's just off the top of my head. That would be probably that would probably be my top ten of all time, um, but the Warriors they capture their fourth chip, um, and people like hey, in terms of next year, I think they got a good. I I think they have a pretty good chance of repeating as long as Steph is in the midst of his prime, whether that's in the back end of his prime, well, as long as Steph is in the midst of his prime. I think the Warriors with the young pieces that they have in- inherited once again. Jordan Poole, Diamond in the Rough, the Gary Payton, GP2, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, James Wiseman, the guys that they have that's on that 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 either were reserves, didn't play much, or even didn't play at all. I think next year they have come back. They they have been through the fire a little bit, and I think this is going to ultimately propel the Warriors to extend their run. I think I think what the Warriors have in terms of their young group and their young core is very very exciting to see what they have. Very exciting, very very exciting. I'm a I want to get to the Boston Celtics a little bit and uh, talk about uh, what happened to them in Game Six. All right. So in terms of the Celtics, um, I know a lot of people. First and foremost, like I said, congratulations to them for getting to making it thus far. I know a lot of people are banging on Jason Tatum. And I get it. He had a bad series. Oh, uh, um, let me let me preface my comments. He didn't have a good series. Uh he shot horrendously from the field. Uh, I think 32% maybe, 33%. I think it, I think those are the numbers. He didn't, he I think he he only went five for eighteen in game six, uh, thirteen points, uh, and honestly, never in his series didn't have that one standout game. 
and, and I talked about this a little bit in game five where like his numbers look good, but he didn't play as good as his numbers say he did. And in game six, he the, the it looked like the Celtics collectively as a whole quit. They quit. And I think the longer this series went, the Celtics biggest flaw and I pointed I've been pointing it out all postseason and I wasn't sure if it was going to catch up to them I wasn't sure if it was going to catch up to them I wasn't sure if I you know I, I had my questions and I had my doubts um about it but their half court offense um and I know a lot of like I said I know a lot of people banging on Tatum and a lot of people saying he's not that guy He's not a superstar. And at this point, he's not. But he's 24. And I know there, I know, I know there's some people saying, oh, even with his youth, he can still get he, he can still get killed. And he can. He can. And I and this is not me caping for Jason Tatum or this is not me trying to uh no, no, no. He played bad. He he didn't play good. I'd be the first to tell you, he did not play good in this finals. But I think it's also something to be said, and it's something it's it, it's it points to a bigger issue for the Celtics, which is, and I've been saying it for a while now, they need a point guard. They need a point guard. Marcus Smart is very valuable. Marcus Smart, he he has a lot of impact. Marcus Smart does have value, but he cannot be your primary ball handler slash decision maker. Jason Tatum, like I said, I, I pointed you guys out this stat. He, in this postseason, he has the most points, the most assists, and also the most turnovers. Also, he's the first player in NBA history to have, in the postseason, to have 100-plus turnovers. He's the first player ever to have 100 turnovers in the postseason. You know why? First, he he accounted for 45% of the Celtics offense. That's the first point. So he was a lot of their offense, and not just him scoring the basketball, but it he also had to be a lot of time the ball handler, the primary ball handler, the primary playmaker. And that's not what he does. Yet thus he has improved as a playmaker. He has improved as a playmaker. But to ask him to be the primary facilitator and to play make for others and also try to score the ball at an elite level and then defend on the other end. That's I don't think that's who he is. I think Tatum is a guy offensively. He needs a ball handler that's going to get him shots. That's going to be able to put him in position to score in easier ways. And I think, like I said, Boston's half-court offense, it, it was it was apparent that Golden State had figured it out because Boston didn't eat in the last three games. Boston didn't even crack 100 points. They didn't even crack 100 points in the last three games. And I said, I, I, I've said it countless, countless times. I said it in the Milwaukee series. I said it during the Miami series. I said it before the finals. Boston half-court offense is what 
is is the determining factor as to how they're going to win this series. Uh, and I and I pointed out Marcus Smart. When Marcus Smart scores twenty points or more, Boston is undefeated in these playoffs. When he doesn't get that, they lose. And as I as I pointed out, as I talked, as I've already said, Marcus Smart, him scoring twenty points is something that happens every three games, maybe. Every three games. It happens every three games. You do the math. So with Boston, I thought offensively they had they had some they had some problems. And it 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 showed in spurts. And, and that kind of speaks to like their inconsistent play in the postseason. It spoke to their inconsistent play, them not being able to take care of the basketball. And also them struggling down the stretch in close games. All of those issues lead to the granular issue, which is lack of a point guard. They need a point guard. Not being able to take care of the basketball, inconsistent play offensively, um, not being not being productive in half court offenses and and half court sets. All of that leads to the grand point. They need a point guard. They need a point guard. I, I, and that's all that's all I've been saying for Boston. They need a point guard. So the turnovers when Boston has I I I, I kept pointing out 16. The number for them was 16. When Boston has 16 turnovers or more, they typically lose. When they have 16 turnovers or less, they win. The last last three games, guess what? Boston had, they had more than 16 turnovers. In the last three games. In each of the last three games, they had 16 turnovers or more. <laughs> they had 13 in, in, in game six. They had 13 turnovers in the first half. Struggling down the stretch of close games, that's because you don't have a primary ball handler. You don't have a real point guard. All of these, all of these sub, all of these issues offensively for Boston that they had, a lot of it came from lack of point guard play, lack of a real point guard. All of these issues. All of these issues. So, like I said, I know a lot of people gonna bang on Tatum. I, I I killed Tatum um, on the previous episode on his Game 5 performance. Even when his stat sheet looked good, I killed him. Because I'm like, I watched the whole game. He didn't play as good as his stats or as his numbers say. And with Tatum, once again, like Game 6, he, he didn't play well. In an elimination game, in, a, in an elimination game at home, he did not play well and he did not deliver. But there were some other guys that, I, that, that did not deliver either. Collectively, as a whole, Boston quit. They quit, and the longer the, and the longer this series went, the more exposed Boston became. Their half court offense was exposed, or lack thereof. Their lack of half court offense was exposed, as I kind of hinted to. 
before the series started, I was like, hey, Boston defensively, it's going to be really interesting to see what they can do defensively with Golden State because I think I do think they can take away some things from Golden State defensively. That's what I said. But offensively, that's where that's where the doubt and my and my trepidation came in with Boston. My trepidation and my doubt came in with Boston offensively because I'm like, I don't think Boston's going to be able to generate enough offense for when when for, for when Golden State gets hot. Throughout the middle of the series, throughout the series, I pointed towards Boston not being able to take care of the basketball and their late game, their close game situation struggles. Down the stretch of games, they typically struggle. They struggle big time down the stretch of games. And it came back to bite them. Like I said, Boston has nothing to be ashamed of, but the longer this series went, the more exposed they became. Simple as that. The longer this series went, the more exposed they became. And Jason Tatum, like I said, Jason Tatum, he, you know, a lot of people kill him. I'm not gonna, I, I, you know, I'm not gonna necessarily kill him because I think there is reasonings as to why he had certain struggles. I think he had certain, I think he turned over the ball as much as he did because Boston lack a point guard. So they put the ball in his hands a lot of times, a great, a great deal of times. They put the ball in his hands and they were forcing him to be a playmaker and to drive the basketball, which he can do. But you asking him to do that for a vast majority of the game, that's not really his game. That's not really what he does. And like I said, he's improved. He's greatly improved, but, 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 it's not, that's, Tatum's not the greatest ball handle to begin with. He has a, he has a decent handle, but he's not your point guard. So I think with the workload that he was asked, I kind of, and like I said, I'm not going, I'm not trying to, you know, remove blame from him, but from the workload that he had, it kind of that kind of hints to some of the struggles that he had. That that it's not it doesn't take away all the blame, but it does point to some of the struggles that he had. Just some. Just some of the struggles that he had. But that's what it is with Boston. They need a point guard. Simple as that. Okay. So more about the Warriors. Um and step more so Steph Curry. So, as I already I kind of talked about a little bit, Steph Curry wins that elusive, <laughs> I, that quote-unquote elusive finals MVP, right? And to, and I know you guys, you guys listen to me, so I know you guys have to be somewhat wise and competent sport fans. To certain sports fans... Steph Curry winning finals MVP validated his legacy. For me personally, it didn't. I knew Steph Curry was great. The whole he didn't play well in the finals. If you go back and look at the 20, even the Andre Godala finals, the 2015 finals, Steph Curry played well. <laughs> and there's, there's players on record from the opposing team, the Cleveland Cavaliers, that said Steph Curry should win finals MVP. <laughs> so, 
So the whole thing, the whole hoobla or about Steph Curry winning his first finals MVP. I mean, sure. Yeah, I guess. I, I guess. I mean, <laughs> the whole thing about him winning his first final. It's just like, okay. <laughs> whatever you want to say about that one, right? Like, it's it's whatever you say. Like, okay, he won his first finals MVP. Now, now with that, he's now like a, like a top 10 player. Now he, like. No, 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 no. I will say this. Steph, uh, he is now entering into a stratosphere and a class of different type of legends, I would say. And some people may even, like, some people may even had him on this level, but now he's entering, like, if, if he captures another championship, that is now he that like he's knocking on the door of elite class. If not, he's already there. Some people may think that he's already there. And, and Steph Curry's impact is just astronomical. Um, because like he's relatable. He's very much and still relatable. He is a 6-3 in a in a game of giants and a game of of tall guys. He is he he is uh he's on the miniature, he's on the smaller side of that. And he is his skills can be practiced. As great as a shooter as he is, um and I think he, he's the best shooter of all time. Shooting is a skill that can be learned, that can be taught, learned, and developed. Um, you can become a better shooter. Um, you can become a better ball handler. You can become a nifty finisher. You can be, you can finish. You can learn how to finish with both hands. Um, and I think that's what makes him so relatable. And I think this is the thing. This is the edge that Steph probably has over. Over almost any star or superstar in today's game, the relatability factor and how impactful he's been to the game of basketball. Um, I know every coach, college coach, high school coach, AAU coach, any coach at basically any level of basketball, they are looking for players like Steph Curry that resemble those same similar skill sets. Um, and, and even Steph, like like I said, his story coming at, coming out of the draft, come, going, you know, coming out of college, people thought, he, you know, his frame's a little too thin, you know, small guy, you know, pretty good shooter, but he's not, he's not a point guard. He's a, he's not a point guard. And that, and that whole thing, like, he's not a point guard. He he's not a real point guard. That whole thing, he's not a real point guard. I would I I would beg to differ. He's not a real point guard. No, 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 no. He's just not like the he's not the traditional and, and shout out to Vashar Phillips about, you know, th these positions, right? But he does I think Vashar Phillips does a really good job with really classifying the new age of basketball and the new age of these of these positions and titles and you know names that we give these players 
But Steph consistently generates great offense and looks for his teammates at a high rate. That's the job description of a point guard. So, like, if we're going to keep it – so, like I said, shout out to Rashad Phillips. I think he does a great job, and it's definitely um, something that is – look. it's definitely futuristic in terms of what we're seeing now in defining certain positions. But if you want to keep it baseline and say, hey, oh, Steph is – Chris Paul is a better quote-unquote point guard. Well, Steph, he he consistently generates offense. It's called gravity. He he generates great offense for others and looks for his teammates at a high rate. So that whole thing about uh, he, he, no 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 relax. But also with Steph, like I like I said, I think out of any star in today's game or superstar, he's the most relatable. He's the most relatable, and his legacy. To really think about it, if we're gonna really put a like, if we want to think about it, really, he's won four championships. He's had a dynasty in the LeBron and Kevin Durant era. Now think about it. Michael, you can name a list of Hall of Famers that didn't get rings because of Michael Jordan and his dominance. Steph Curry has a dynasty. (laughs) He's had a dynasty. He's had a dynasty in the LeBron and Kevin Durant era. And granted, uh, you know, granted, you know, Durant was on his team for two of those championships. But still, he's beaten those guys. He's beaten those guys more than they've beaten him. I think that's that that says a lot. That really says a lot. So the legacy, the legacy of Steph Curry, I don't think the finals MVP, uh, like I said. There's some people out there that thought, you know, hey, the finals MVP validates his greatness. Like, come on, really? A trophy, uh, an award that, 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 like one award validates his greatness? Come on, relax. Come on. Come on, relax. That, that's what validates the greatness? Okay. But that, that's what it is. Um, I think Steph Curry, Steph, like I said, top 10 player of all time. Um, and, his legacy is still being written. S- certainly still being written to as we speak. So with the conclusion of the series, um, I say this more about Boston. And I and with my Tatum thing, I, I don't want to be that guy because I like I said, I know everybody in the media is banging Tatum. So I want to take I, I wanted to take a different approach and add some co- some context. And like I said, he didn't play well. He didn't play well, but he played 900 to 1,000 minutes. Boston was so, so, so reliant on his offense. And when Tatum ran out of gas, Boston's offense ran out of gas because they rely on him so much. Like I said, he was 45% of their offense. And I, I know a lot of people are going to, they're going to write this kid off. I think Tatum. You can win a championship with Jason Tatum being your best player. I just think in other areas, you have to be sharp. You have to be sharp in certain areas. In Boston, as like I said, as this series progress, Boston's flaws, which is mostly on the offensive end, really, really showed themselves. It really showed themselves. And 
you look at the Milwaukee series, seven game physical series. You look at the Miami series, seven game physical series. Like by the time Boston had got to this point, and some, and I would argue that Miami series had no business going to seven games. That that that, that Miami series had no business going to seven games. So a little bit of that is on Boston and their their fluctuating and inconsistent play. Some of that is on them, but also like you 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 look at the the long, ting, you know, stinguous playoff run that Tatum had, and playing all those minutes and being and also being asked to be a defensive stopper. It wears on you a lot, even at twenty four. It it really it really wears on you a lot. So the 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 lack of playmaking or a pure playmaker that Boston did not have, which I talked about, really showed itself. And Eric Sprostra, who was a really smart coach, he really kind of, Sprostra did a, a good job at, at, at various points throughout that Eastern Conference Finals to really neutralize Boston offensively, but he didn't necessarily have the personnel. Steve Kerr, Really, really smart basketball coach. Defensively neutralized Boston, and he had the personnel, unlike Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra, he, he, he had the personnel. Eric Spolstra didn't have the personnel. Steve Kerr had the personnel. That that was the key difference. Eric Spolstra didn't have the personnel. So with Golden State, similar as this series we're on, Ex- they exposed Boston's lack of half-court offense, and then they had the personnel offensively. And honestly, what I think this series truly told you guys, and it kind of speaks to where the league is today, it's an offensive league. And I get it. Defense does win championships. Golden State is a great defensive team. Golden State had a top three defensive rating this year. But they're also... They have an offensive explosion that Boston did not have. And that is something that I pointed towards before this series started. Boston lack an offensive explosion that Golden State had. And ultimately, granted, I think I think Boston probably had they have played they have more athletic players that's in their prime. And I think Boston probably has more, they have more in two-way players. But Golden State offensively, they were better. And ultimately, I think in this offensive league in today's game, that pays dividends. And that is something that gets you over the top. That is the thing. That is a determining factor as to why I think Golden State won this series. They started to get contributions from Gary Pay- from GP2, who scored 15 points. Now, Gary Payton, Gary Payton II, I think he's a really good player. I'm a fan of his game. But him scoring 15 points, he out that game in game five, he outscored Boston's bench by himself. <laughs> Gary Payton II, like I said, I think he's a great player. But that's not typically relative. That's not what he does. He doesn't, you know, go to Steve, Steve Kerr, don't throw him out there expecting that he's going to outscore the opposing team's bench. That's, that's that's not what he does. But when Golden State got that type of contribution, it's kind of like, uh, it's like Golden State has more weaponry offensively. 
And that is ultimately as to why they got over the hump. So with Tatum, he's a young guy. I feel for him. Uh, but I think in this offensive league, despite Boston, they were probably the better defensive team, quote-unquote. But Golden State, they had a great defense as well. They executed really well. Their execution was better. And then offensively, they had the firepower, firepower to really back it up. They had the firepower to really, really back it up offensively. I think that was the determining factor. That was ultimately the determining factor with Boston, with Golden State getting over the hump versus Boston. Boston, like I said, as Tatum became, became fatigued and as Tatum gassed, Boston's offense, their half-court offense gassed. There's three particular runs that Boston offensively made. If you take away those three, those big three runs that they had, those three big runs that they had in, in this series, offensively, Boston was like a no-show. Obviously, the run in the fourth quarter of game one, the, th- the, the, the run they had in game three where they broke away, and then the run in the third quarter of game five. If you take those three big runs away from Boston, offensively, they didn't, they didn't give you much. They didn't have much. They didn't have much left in the tank. And I think the better team won. Um, I think the team that executed better won. Um, and ultimately, the better offensive team with more offensive weaponry won. That was Golden State. Um, so, you know, that, that brings a wrap to the NBA season. Uh, I'll be back uh, with another episode with you guys. I'm going I'm to wrap this bad boy up. I don't want to be too long on this Saturday. Uh, I must say, uh, you know, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Uh, or, you know, it's, it's a Saturday episode, so it's a, it's a day early. But happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Uh, you know, appreciate your fathers and uh, or males that may act in a fatherly role. Um uh, or just males that are just really, really good mentors. Shout out to everybody. Uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Uh, and without further ado, I'm going to let you guys go. Peace, deuces, I'm gone. Always remember two choices, one decision. I'm out.